0: Hey guys, I'm Ernie Hudson, better known as Winston Zeddemore. Welcome to the Alabama Ghostbusters.
1: The official podcast for Alabama's Ghostbusters community. Taking our passion for And becoming geeks for good. Find us online at alabamagb.com
2: This is Robin Shelby, Slimer from Ghostbusters 2, and you're listening to the Alabama
1: Ghostbusters. Hey everybody, how you doing? All right, I'm Brock Parker, chief of the Alabama Ghostbusters. We welcome you to Mass Hysteria. This is my deputy chief. Hello, I am Bo Bearden. And my captain. Hello, I'm Kevin Gardner. Right now, we've got two very special people, very near and dear to our hearts. We'll go ahead and bring them on stage. They're not only two of our honorary members, they're two very good friends of ours. We've known them for a few years, and we love them both very much. We're excited to, to partner with APF. Uh, as you know, we're one of the presenting sponsors, and we are happy to bring you guys the legendary actor, Mr. Winston Zeddemore himself, Mr. Ernie Hudson. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Ernie. Great, thanks, uh, it's great to be here. And also, we've got here a very, very dear friend. I consider her my big sister, even though she's not as tall as me. <laughs> um, but uh, she, she is a dear, dear friend. We all love her very much. She's an incredible friend of the franchise. She played Slimer in Ghostbusters too. She's Robin Shelby. <laughs> thanks for joining us Robin
2: I'm sorry thank
1: you thank thank you it's thank it's you, good to you. be
2: here you guys thank you for having me
1: if you've seen anything to do with uh, this panel and know anything about the Alabama Ghostbusters we do a podcast and so that's what we're doing here today this is going to be our live podcast recording welcome to episode number 13 of the Alabama Ghostbusters podcast and for those of you who cannot be here in Alabama Phoenix Festival We are live here, and it's a beautiful May Day, and we are having a great time with Ernie Hudson and Robin Shelby. We're having a fantastic time. So before we get right into the podcast, uh, we have about 987 likes on our Facebook page. How many guys actually like our page? A good number of hands. How many guys that don't like our page have smartphones right now? Okay. (laughs) No signal. (laughs)
3: All
1: All right. Well, here's the thing. If we can get you guys who can find a signal and can, uh, can like our page sometime within this hour, if we hit 1,000 likes, we're gonna give away a Ghostbusters PKE meter So uh, somebody random So okay, people are picking up their phones now, I see it. Uh. We're gonna give one of these away. These are one of the coolest props for Ghostbusters and if we hit 1,000 likes during this panel, somebody in this audience will get one. Mass hysteria. Exactly what is it? Uh, This is going to be hopefully our first of many, many annual events where we all get together, bring in a lot of Ghostbusters fans and a lot of people within the Ghostbusters community. We're trying to keep the spirit of Ghostbusters alive. And so what better way than to have Ernie and Robin with us? So we'll go ahead and get uh, started. And My voice is cracking. It's been a long weekend already. So I'm not going back into puberty. Well, since this is a GB podcast and since this is... Ernie and Robin, we're gonna start asking Ghostbusters questions naturally. Well, first of all, for you guys, uh, look, Ernie, we'll start with you. What decided to uh, make you get into acting?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, I'm playing with my coin right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Acting? Uh, yeah. Um, why did I get into acting? Um, because um, I was pretty bad at everything else. <laughs> You know, so uh, it wasn't really like a, a hard choice, you know, if you do a number of things and realize that, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> that you may be fired at any moment when they realize just how bad you are at the job. When I walked on stage, I just felt at home, and I knew I could do that. So I chose something that um, that I could do, and uh, a big part of that is uh, I chose something that I knew that I would always feel good about. And I didn't feel good about the other jobs that I had, so that was primarily it. Right. How nice. about you, Robin?
2: Um, I remember seeing a production of Annie, um, and most little girls that see Annie fall in love with the show, and I did, and, and I thought, I could do that. And within yeah, and within um, two years, I was doing the show with Joanne Worley. Um, you know, being a young girl, it was like a dream come true, but that got me hooked.
1: Uh, when you were first getting into acting, who were some of the, uh, who were some of the influences uh, the people you looked up to and kind of maybe wanted to model your career after
2: I would have to say Carol Burnett. Um, I remember watching old episodes of the Carol Burnett Show and um, just loving the comedy and learning all about timing through that show and just loved it
0: yeah it's funny because Carol Burnett was me too I wanted to be Carol <laughs> Burnett and uh, and then they uh, they explained that I would never be Carol Burnett, so uh, no growing up um, um, uh, Ronald Coleman uh, was a I was a big fan of, and um, uh, Gary Cooper was like, uh, you know, all the old cowboys. I really love the old cowboys, and I think part of um, what we do as a society, we, we live our stories. We don't realize how important our stories are, and the stories we get from our parents, our relatives, but especially from the media, and uh, the cowboys sort of taught young men how to be men, you know. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, those were the guys who I really kind of most uh, admired and wanted to be like, you know, so. What influenced you your decision to try out for Ghostbusters? Uh, desperation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hunger, you know, it wasn't even a question do I try out, it's can I try out, please let me try out. So, um, you know, I had a hard time getting um, an interview with them. With I'd done a movie with Ivan Reitman and Harold Raymond's. Uh, called Space Hunter the year before. It uh, was a different character. The character was sort of bigger than life. And, and I think they thought that guy was wrong for Ghostbusters. And so um, and sometimes people don't get that that's a character. It's not who I am. And so finally, after getting an interview, I was able to uh, you know, turn it around and, and get the job. How about you, Robin?
2: Well, I, I worked on a film called Willow. Um, a year. Uh, um, for those of you who might not know, I, if you remember, Willow comes to a bridge, there's a troll. The troll gets eaten by a two-headed Hydra monster. Stop playing with your coin. Um, and, and, uh, and I get torn into and got eaten by a Hydra monster. But that was a couple of days of work at ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. And they were ready to shoot Ghostbusters 2. Somebody else was scheduled to play Slimer, and due to schedule conflict, couldn't complete it. And they said, well, wait a minute, hold on. Somebody might work. Why don't we call Robin and audition her? And went in that day and got it that day and was working the next week.
4: What about you, Ernie? How was uh, how was the audition process for you?
0: It was painful. <laughs> Auditions suck. I mean, they really do. Auditions are like... Um, You know, you walk in a room and they say hello and they sit there and they don't give up much because they don't want to. If they smile, they think you'll think you got the job. So they just kind of sit there. And then it's kind of like somebody saying, okay, now you ready? And then you pull down your pants. (laughs) (laughs) And then you you turn around and you pull your pants up and they say, okay, thank you. And then you walk out and then you wonder, you know, what if they like me? I mean, you know, was that too big? Was it too small? Uh, you can take that out if you want to take it. But um, so it, it's, it's not very comfortable, you know. No matter how good you think you are, it's, it's always very personal. They say, don't take it personal. It's personal. But uh, yeah, but Ghostbusters was, um, I had worked with the guys before and I went to the audition and I thought it went great. Um, and then they, they called me back for, to put me on tape. And I thought that went great. And then they called me back to do a screen test. And I thought that went great. And then they called me back to do another screen test. And I thought that went great. And then they called me back to just talk to me. And I thought that went great. And then they said they were going to New York to see another actor. Because they couldn't make up their mind. So by the time uh, I went through that whole thing, it was kind of uh, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, it was it was really a, uh, an, an awful situation. But you know, the, in the end, I got the job, which makes it all okay.
1: You're definitely the one we all love.
0: Well, thanks. Yes. thanks. Absolutely. Be, uh, write them and tell them that you know. So they. You we know. have <laughs> We have been. <laughs> we have been. <laughs> no, I think they know. It's it's been it's been a, I'm very very happy to have been a part of it.
1: So uh, uh, what was your initial reaction to landing the part, and did you expect to be la- a part of a lasting franchise?
0: Well, I don't think you, you do movies. I mean, I don't know if Robin may feel differently, but I don't think you do movies thinking they're going to last. You know, you kind of you do it, and you forget about it. And if people like it, that's great, And because a lot of times they don't. The movies that uh, you think, "Wow, this is going to be great. They did a movie called "The Cowboy Way," and everybody was so excited and the studios tested and tested through the roof, and oh, all and it wasn't the biggest thing um. But you know so you can never tell, but it's nice that uh, the movie came out. but you knew with Ghostbusters right away that it was it, it touched the chord with uh, old people, young people, kids, everybody. the the song kind of hit. everything kind of came together at the right time and it was just, a, it became a part of our culture. I mean, it was, uh, and it was it, w- it was, it was great. It was great working on it, and every, everything was fun, but like I said, you can never tell how things will end up, uh, because so many people, people so, uh, congratulate you for your acting, but the truth is, you got an editor who's editing your scenes, you got makeup people, you got so many people that have a hand in what comes out. Um, and sometimes it all comes together, and a lot of times it doesn't come together at all, and people see you on the street and go, man, that movie really sucked. You know, so, but Ghostbusters is one that, that that came out well.
1: How about you, Robin? What was it like learning that you had landed Slimer?
2: It's a little different in the sense that, obviously, Ghostbusters was huge, and so you know you're stepping into something that could be big, and Slimer was a character that everybody knew and loved. So it's a little tough. You can't put too much pressure on yourself. I couldn't go in there just focused on that. I just had to go in and focus on the work and what they were telling me to do because it, it could really freak you out if you if you realize how enormous it could be. You just let it go and, and do the work. I was obviously ecstatic. I was overwhelmed when I found out, and um, luckily they put me at ease the first day I started shooting. So um, I was able to get over any jitters and have a great time.
1: What were some of, experience, some of your experiences wearing that suit?
2: Well, it was... Um, Probably the worst day is they usually took the the head off. we shot for about an hour. they give you like fifteen twenty minutes. they took the head off. funny part is i couldn 't eat anything they didn 't want me to eat anything while I was in the costume because if I were to choke they couldn 't get to me in time because the whole co- it would take like forty minutes to take the body off, so I could drink water basically, so slimer could not eat. <laughs> But um, there was one day that things were going well. We were shooting, and it went way beyond the hour. And they kept on saying, you know, do you want to keep going? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do it. Well, me trying to be the trooper, at one point, they did one more take, and they were, Robin, Robin, Robin. uh, She's not responding. Get her out of there. And I was just basically half, you know, not even, not even, I was comatose at that point. I just needed to get out and get water. But that was probably the the worst experience I had. It was just kind of almost passing out.
0: But that's typical because they'll leave you in there. You'll die. I mean, they'll be like, okay, we'll okay, get one more take Okay, we'll, we'll revive it when, when, when we get the shot, you know. We're, we're running out of time. Let's get the... So you're lucky that...
1: Uh, what was it like wearing the uh, the pack and the suits and driving around in the car?
0: It's kind of like when you're six years old and you're playing with your friends. And in my day, we played Cowboys and Indians. I, suppose, I don't know what they play now, but... Um, so it's like being six, and they got great toys, you know. They had great toys in the school and the whole make-believe thing was happening and so, you know, all that stuff is a lot of fun. You know, the uh, the art department they get really creative and uh, and it was it was kind of probably the the nicest thing for me with Ghostbusters was when the movie was over, I used to go around to um, elementary schools and uh they'd make the kids, the little kids honorary Ghostbusters and what the principals and teachers would say is that the kids they loved Ghostbusters because when the kids played Ghostbusters, they didn't fight each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of trapped the ghosts and he did all this stuff, and it was kind of cool to have them work together. And I think it's something about the movie that I like, and I've seen Ghostbusters chapters all over the world, and uh, there's something that is very unifying. Um, that that uh, it, it's 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 very cool. Um, I think that's the, maybe the, the, the one lasting thing about the film I really like. I think it does, it, obviously it didn't unify the guys well enough to make another movie, but it, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that's something very, very cool about it.
1: So you like seeing uh, all of us guys who are pretending we're six years old and playing with toys again, dressed up and... And building these props and all? Yeah,
0: you know, I call my wife and go, oh, my God, these people here in these outfits, pretending they're six years old playing Ghostbusters. No, I don't say that. Uh, (laughs) No, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's something very, very, um, yeah, it's very unifying. The charity work that's done from it, it's about uh, reaching out to each other in a very positive way and... uh, I think that's uh, I think that's a cool thing. The movie, the laughter in the movie, it's very you feel a part of the team. You know, you kind of get those guys, even though they're different. There's something very much uh, united about it uh, that I, I that I, I like from the very beginning, and it, it comes through in the film.
4: Like we were talking about with the movie, like a, a cool moment I like to express. I didn't think think about it. But about four years ago at the Alabama Theater downtown, we had, we had screening of the first movie, and these two stay with me more than anything. The two biggest crowd reactions were uh, the first movie, when the doors open, the car pulls out of the fire, firehouse, people go nuts. And then this gentleman walks on screen, and you would have thought, like, the man himself was there. It, people went nuts. Winston is loved. I mean, and it's – like a, just, I'm sorry. I know we got off track with questions, but it's made me think about, You know, the enduring of the franchise.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it really is. Um, and you look back on this in hindsight; it's been almost 30 years. But uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of cool.
4: Was the marshmallow, or excuse me, the shaving cream that much fun?
0: Well, you know the, yeah, the marshmallow which turned out to be shaving cream, which you now it was kind of a drag and yeah. it and it, it irritates the skin after a while, and you're wearing it all day and it absorbs into this oh, yeah. material and it gets in the skin and Danny had a rash on his <laughs> neck, and Bill Murray said to hell with it, I'm not going to wear it so you know <laughs> so he had like a little little gob on his head, and that was it um but um but that's part of uh that's part of the job the slime. You know, we were shooting um, in New York in in January, below zero weather, and the slime freezes. So, you know, we had this, well, we come up out of the sewer, but there was no sewer to come out of, so it was one of those um, utility boxes that's about maybe three feet deep. So me, Danny, and Harold had to crawl down in the, crouch down in the thing, and when they open it, we kind of come up with, covered in slime. But as soon as they took the top off, the air would just whip through and it would just freeze. It was so, so cold. But once again, uh, they're worse jobs. (laughs) You know, I'm aware. I've had them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I I just try not to complain. It was all good.
1: And uh, to think if they do another movie, they'll probably just CG that stuff on you so you won't even have to deal with it.
0: I kind of Well, I hope they, they, I'm sure a lot be CG, but I, I, I hope they still kind of go with some of the old, you know, uh, animatronics and the way they used to do things. I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from old school, so I kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, I think there's a, a little difference, a little fingerprint that you can't duplicate with the CG stuff, oh, yeah. uh, you
1: know. Do you have a favorite moment between the two movies,
0: a favorite scene that you liked? Favorite moment? um, Yeah, there's there's a couple. One, my probably favorite moment in the movie, and the first time I saw it was Bill Murray being the uh, the psychic, and he's hitting on the girl, and he has a guy turning the cards over, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. totally lying, but it's just it's typical Bill Murray, and I just thought it was hilarious. Um, the librarian, it's always a moment with my grandkids when I went in the library and when she sort of comes out, uh, you know, and they, they run out of there. it's just a great moment, uh, in the movie because they didn't pretend. I mean, that's exactly what you would do if that happened in the library. You'd run the hell out of there. So, uh, uh but in, in terms of working the scene with Danny in the car, I, I always liked that because it was a moment when we could just sort of settle down and, and talk to each other and, uh, and I think Danny uh, felt the same way, too. In fact, Bill Murray said it was his favorite scene. So.
1: And the, the car ran really well, right? The car sucked. I've yet to see. <laughs>
0: Honestly, God, man, I've yet to see an ectomobile that actually works right. Even when I think when they normally work well, once they put the ecto thing on it, it just breaks down. So It's like the shark um, in
2: Jaws, right? They couldn't get Jaws to work it, most of the time. Yeah. Am it's I right?
0: Like it just, it would, uh, they picked me up to do a promotion in L.A. The car, the brakes went out. You know, we went to the, the Chinese theater and it wouldn't start, so we had to have it towed away. It was just always a problem. We were shooting in New York on crosstown traffic, and it, it it broke down for real. And they, so it was just always we had to, to do the scene. We had guys running behind, pushing the car. So the car has always been a, a pain, you know. And, and a lot of guys, they make them, and I, I meet these guys, and uh, they say, oh, come on, take a ride. I take a ride, and it breaks down, you know. So it's <laughs> something really weird about the Ectomobiles. But, but I love them. I love them. It's Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. You know. No, normally, I, you know, cars are fine, but the Ectomobile thing. In fact, I went to an auction in Phoenix, um, I can't remember the name. Uh, Barry Jackson. Barry Jackson. Yeah. So they were, they were going to auction off a um, uh, an ectomobile, so they paid me to come there and stand by the car, you know, like the girl <laughs> with an outfit and you know waving the car, <laughs> which I'm proud. Like, How much are you going to pay me? Okay, I'll you know I can do it. I mean I'm good. So I go there, and they got this beautiful ectomobile. They said it was from the. They said original Ghostbusters car, but I really think it was from the Universal Studio, because it wasn't, I don't think it was in the movie. But anyway, so they get the car, they pull the car around, now they, to drive it on stage, and of course the car breaks down, <laughs> if, they can't drive it on stage, we have to push the car on stage, and it still, I think, went for like $80,000, 80, yeah, 80, you know, I mean, so, you know, uh, the guy spent eighty thousand dollars for a broke car. I'm like, okay, dude, good luck with this thing. You know. Um, anyway, I went on to yeah.
1: Robin, do you have a favorite moment from uh, from the second movie?
2: I think so, and it's a uh, if someone asks if you're a god, you say.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's true.
2: I love that moment. Uh, it's, it, that, I love that.
0: You never know which lines will sort of stand up, you know, when you do them. Most of my lines came from, uh, uh, Ivan, uh, what about Ernie? Uh, he, he should say something. So it's like, um, I don't know, um, uh, why don't you say I love this town? You know, and then you say it, and then it becomes a favorite line, or, you know, um, so it, it, it's, it, it, uh, but a lot of the lines kind of now, people come up, especially when autographs, and, uh, you know, the Twinkie line was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. You know, mm-hmm. you get, uh, this job is not worth whatever, 11.5 uh, uh, five. Five a year or whatever. I, I could barely hear it, but people remember it. So a lot of good lines from it. I'm very, very thankful for that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, uh, anything uh, specifically uh, hilarious or, or anything uh, behind the scenes?
0: Uh, the, um, yeah, you know, it, it, they really weren't that funny when they weren't shooting. I mean, it's, it's like, come on, you guys are funny guys. I mean, it's, I know it's lunchtime, but do something funny. I mean, it's... uh, uh No, I can't really remember. I just, um, you know, personalities come through, which is always kind of uh, charming, but um, I'm not big on practical jokes and... Um, you know, maybe I'm not funny, and they go, "Okay, Ernie's Ernie's not going to get it." But um, yeah, no, I can't think of anything really, uh, you know, really funny.
2: Um, for me, it was probably we were shooting, and it was a Friday, and Bill Murray was at uh, Skywalker Ranch doing some looping, so he decided, "I want to go spend part of the day at ILM, where we were shooting." So I got to meet him, and honestly, when he he was wonderful that day. We shot; he kind of gave some tips and advice. And at the end of the day, he brought in a DJ and, and drinks and turned the place into like a little dance club and had a great time. That, that, that's a good memory for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bill was like very, uh, very in the moment, very, just a really sweet guy, good guy. You you hear random. all the stories <laughs> about Bill Murray. And, uh, but I, I think, uh, of all the people I've with, i work with, I love Bill Murray. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I'd go to the wall. In fact, he's the only one who said, "You know, if we, I wouldn't do another movie unless Ernie Hudson's in it," which I thought says a lot. Um, but so, no matter what the stories are, I think he's a really, you know. But Bill's the kind of guy who, you know, we'll be shooting, and some guy will say, "Hey, Bill, man, I love you, man. I got a great record set. I know you like." And Bill said, "Really?" So he'll go home with him. You know, it's like, "What's Bill?" It's like, uh, you know, but you know. But, uh, but no, he's really a, a good guy, and I just have a lot of respect and appreciate it. Like, I, I love all the guys, but Bill especially, I think, is very cool. Well, we're about to
1: uh, open up the, uh, the microphone, I hear, for audience questions, if you've got a question. Um, we're, not, uh, we're not above bribery. The first 15 people, we've got uh, comic books to give you. A free issue of the Ghostbusters comic book from IDW. Uh, so if you've got a question for uh, either Robin or Ernie, then feel free to go ahead and come, g- come, and come to, come to the mic. Uh, and while they're making their way up here, either one of you have a dream role that you really want to fulfill.
2: Well, this is actually theater. I've I really still would love to play Peter Pan in Peter Pan. I I, I love the music. I love the show. I've never done it, so I'd love to do that. Yeah,
0: I'd love to do Peter Pan too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: you'd be a Just great the Peter. Tides, right? They don't
0: buy me like Nah, man. We're not buying you as Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. Um, I don't know, dream role. I mean, I'd, always, I'd love to play James Bond, you know. But, uh, oh, yes. but now I'm probably getting, you know, yes, getting too absolutely. old, you know. Uh, but that would be a, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, my heroes have always been the guys who get up in the morning and go to work and come back home at night, you know, who didn't go out and get a pack of cigarettes and never came back. I mean, I, 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 and I don't get a chance to play those roles very often. I'm not the typical dad. Um, for whatever reason, and uh, but those are the things that I mean. I have friends; they always play the father, you know. Uh, but I, yeah, you know, I'm always a boss or something. Usually, generally speaking. So, um, but that's the stuff that I, I I would love to do more of, and um, you know, I don't. Know.
1: All right, we'll go ahead and open up to audience questions.
2: Okay, this question is for both. Um, how did you get into character? That's interesting. I got really hungry before I shot. Um, I, it, it's hard to explain. I, I, I Honestly, this is going to sound silly, and I know there's, there, it, it, there's a rumor that it was based on John Belushi. Is that right? I tried to channel just a manic energy while we were shooting. I just tried to be as loopy and crazy and wild and manic as I could, and that, that's kind of what I focused on, just being out there.
0: Years ago, I did a, a television show called The Incredible Hulk, And uh, there was a scene where um, he's at the car wash, and um, and I we have a confrontation, and Bill Bixby was playing the Hulk, and I punch him in the stomach, and I throw him on top of his car, and uh, and then he he gets angry in the car wash, and he basically comes up from out of the car with the motor. (laughs) <laughs> Rips the motor out of the car and tosses it. And then uh, and by the time the car comes through, he's the Incredible Hulk. And uh, he comes out, uh, and there's a little girl and a a baby in a stroller about a year and a half, two years old, I don't know. And uh, she sees the Hulk, and she's crying, and he goes over to her, and he picks her up, and then she smiles. And it's uh, such a sweet moment. Except when we get ready to shoot it, he goes over and he picks it, and the baby just lost it. She was like, Oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So they kept, they kept trying to redo it again. They kept you know, saying, Well, I don't know. We got to get this shot. And oh, you know. and so then they said, Well, maybe we need to replace it because she's not going to stop crying. And uh, so the mother said, No, no, please. She said, Let me, let me talk to her. So she, the mother went over and she took the baby away and she came back and put the baby in the stroller. And then we shot it, and he comes over and picks the baby up, and the baby smiles. And they said, great, and they got it. They got the shot. And so I said, oh, I said, that's really kind of cool. I said, uh, how, you know, what did your mommy say to you? And she said, we need the money. <laughs> you know? So that's kind of how I get in character. I need the money, OK? I mean, it's like, OK, what do you need? I'm in character. I can do this. I'm good. I've got it. You know? So I don't need a lot of time. Just make sure the check is cleared, and I'm on. Thank you.
4: Thank
5: you very much. Thank you. Hey, uh, I have uh, one question for each of you. Is that all right? Sure. All sure. All right. Okay. Um, Robin, did they let you wear the suit at all for like Halloween or anything like that <laughs> afterwards? Right.
2: That at the time ton- that was like a million dollar suit. I mean. The, everything in that face was movable. It had servos oh, okay. and motors, and they spent so much money making that costume, they probably would have slapped my hand if I even looked at it. <laughs> but no, it, it, right now, um, it's, just so you know, like the all the equipment is at ILM on display. The only sad part is that the skin was latex that deteriorates, and it kind of, it doesn't, he's, he's looked better, let's put it that
5: way. <laughs> um, uh, thank you. And uh, I, my question for you, Ernie, is... Um, when you saw the final cut of Ghostbusters and right. the laundry list of your jobs that you had that would have explained how you were even though you weren't a doctor, you were still able to handle you know handle being able to fight ghosts because you you know, the laundry list of jobs you had before you were a Ghostbuster, of course there's a line up there's a steady right. paycheck in it. I'll believe anything you say. Did you feel that that Took away from it any, in the I guess in the in the in the in the complete sort of vision of the film uh, from your character.
0: Okay, I'm not sure. Uh, I totally understand the question. So, so by not
5: by only having the
0: background information. What, yeah. did it Well, you know, originally the character was an Air Force Colonel who was a demolitions expert. Who kind of had all this background's great. His great monologues when he introduces himself. He comes in at the beginning of the movie and he basically realizes these other people are crazy and so he kind of runs the organization. That script totally obviously went out the window. Um, And then it became the joke of hey, man, you know, steady paycheck in it, I don't believe anything you say. I mean, it's like, but I think in some ways when I look at the movie now, it sort of works that he wasn't, that he was just a guy off the street saying, hey, man, I need a job, you know, and. uh, um, so you know, I don't. I don't think anybody ever said they miss it. The only thing I've ever got was—I would say—when I would go around to schools and talk to kids, the one question that <laughs> it always came up from kids, little kids especially, was, "Where does Winston go?" When I go, "Where does he go?" And they say, "Yeah, where does he go?" I mean, does he go home? Does he have a family? Does he have children? Is he married? Does he live in a house? Does he? We don't really know a lot about Winston. He just sort of pops up and then he disappears again. And I think uh, in the movie we see Danny at his um, you know, bookstore, Harold's in the lab, or Bill's on his T V show, so you get a, a little backstory. I think it would have been helpful to, to know a little bit more about Winston. But um, hey man, the steady paycheck in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Thank you both very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So I guess this is um, for both of you. I watched the movies um, not long ago and something that really stuck out that you don't see in movies anymore is how much you smoked. I mean, uh, there's, always, there's almost always a scene where, you know, your character's smoking, but that's changed. And I'm kind of wondering, when did you notice that was changing, and was that a conscious thing when you were working on the movies that, okay, well, people don't smoke, you know, we don't smoke on screen as much anymore?
0: Right. Yeah, in the old movies, everybody smoked, and um, I never smoked until I was almost 40. I mean, I, I just had never smoked, and I did a movie where the character smoked. And so I thought I could just smoke and just for the movie, but, um, and I had about three months to prepare. So by the time we got to shoot the movie, the director said, no, let's not go with the cigarettes. And so we never used them, but I was hooked and I smoked for five years and I finally was able to, to kind of kick the habit. So I was always very sensitive about the smoking thing. And so when I did the crow... The director wanted this guy to smoke all. I mean, every scene he had a cigarette in his mouth, and I said, "Well, you know, I, I won't. I only well do it is if he have the character quit. So in the crow, he, he he quits in the end. He says clearly, "This is you know, it's a it's a bad thing. I think smoking really is very very bad. So, but it did start to change. You know, was because uh, I remember when I smoked, I hated when people said, "You can't smoke in my house." And uh, but, you know, just in fact, I was I was noticing at the airport and places now it wouldn't even think about it, but it's uh, our ideas about smoking has changed. And, And thankfully, movies, you know, seat belts the same way. You know, the guys jump in the car and they take off. Now they want you to very consciously show, you know, things that are. Yeah. Because people do imitate a lot of what they see.
2: Even things like guns, the use of guns. They did a remake of E.T. and took guns out of scenes. Am I right?
0: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, guns haven't apparently gone far enough. But, but exactly, um, you know, I agree. But, you know, but even
2: yeah. the vision of that has changed in film, I think, Yeah, the idea in, in, is, in some ways.
0: Well, as a society, we change certain things, you know. Uh, and I think it kind of reflects in movies. You know, it used to be very, uh, people thought it was very cool to smoke or something. and. Um, So, yeah, so that, uh, but The Crow was the only movie that I consciously said, no, I won't. uh," And then, and after I stopped smoking, I had to figure a way of how to smoke in a scene without inhaling it because I knew once I inhaled, it was all over. I'd be back, (laughs) I'd be buying a pack of cigarettes, you know, so, um, yeah. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Hey. Hey. Um, I was just wondering, when you read the script for the first one, did, I know, it's, like you've said multiple times, it's a job, they'll pay me, yay, yeah, but right. was, did you have that moment of you're like, this is going to be huge? Did you, I mean, did you, did you realize that reading the script, or?
0: Well, I think it's, uh, you, you hope every movie you make, you hope it's huge, but I was a single parent. I had my sons living in L.A., money was tight. Um, And I'm just, uh, I'm trying to stick with this acting thing. I'm trying to tell the boys, you know, it's going to be, we're going to, everything's going to be cool. I got this interview. And so when I finally got the Ghostbuster, I went up forward and went through the whole thing. And then when I got the job, it was like, okay, this is it. This, this, this film is going to change our world. This is, when I do this, and not so much because I thought the movie was going to be big. It's just that the way the character was written, I thought... This is this is what I've been waiting for. This is this is that dream. This is everything. Now I had no idea that a month later they were going to totally change it, and that character wouldn't exist. But uh, yeah, it was it was that moment of of going. Okay, I've been waiting for something, and I'm still waiting for that something. I'm still waiting for that defining role that'll do whatever. Uh, but I think part of what we do is we believe in you know part of why you do it is because you think it's going to be special. You think you can bring something special to it that will kind of define a career and uh, that's one of the things about doing The Crow I'm very happy about because I think The Crow did um, was one of those roles that really defined Brandon Lee and, and really showed what he was able to do. Um, but in the beginning Ghostbusters felt that way. By the time they got through screwing around with it I didn't feel that but, uh, but it was nice that the movie was very successful.
4: Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Hey, um, I was actually laying in bed last night watching The Substitute, which is, it's weird watching you play the villain. It's weird. So many
0: people are in bed when they watch that. It <laughs> <laughs> was late at night. It was on Showtime. So.
4: Anyway, but uh, I'll just, uh, have you, do you feel like you've achieved everything you've set out to do?
0: So do far? I feel like I've achieved it? Uh, no. I, no, I, I don't. I mean, in terms of what I set out to do, I've, I've made peace with it. You know what I mean? It's kind of, at some point you kind got to go, you know what, maybe I may never get to that place and how do I feel about that because either I kind of go the hell with this I want it and I'm going to do everything I get in my power to become I'm going to do this thing or you kind of go you know what that's cool yeah. and uh, I'm at that that's cool stage I mean it's uh, it's been good life is good and it doesn't mean it can't happen but on the other hand yeah you know it's um, it was a moment and I might have talked a little bit about this yesterday and they, so I apologize to anybody who was here <laughs> yesterday but it was a moment when I thought that my life could end. It was one of those moments where you know, you know that this is a real threat. And, and I, I realized that I had one of two choices. I could either beg God, oh my God, please, no, I'm not ready to die, don't, you know. Or you can kind of go, you know what, that's okay, I better go run and uh, whatever is cool. And I think that's um, that's where you, you go. With, you know, you do your work, and it's about right now. And beyond that, there's no promise, there's no guarantee. We have these fantasies. We're going to do all these great things. And you know what? If you can, if you can take care of yourself, you can take care of your family. You know, you can give your kids something that they can hold on to after you're gone. If you can be, you know, positive in your community. You know what I mean? If you can clean up your own yard. I think that's a, that's a lot. Yeah.
6: Okay. I got a nice yard. <laughs> uh, yeah, the question is for Ernie. I know in movies a lot of times stuff for pacing or whatever reason ends up on the cutting room floor. And I guess a lot of the second movie isn't that well documented what was lost. Right. And there's, I guess, after you guys leave the museum, I guess there was a little bit more to raise possession by Vigo. And I guess he's supposed to go on a Kind of a road rage and uh, I know they kind of inserted the into the middle of the movie I guess where he runs a red light and I think in the shooting script he says you say something like you're going to kill somebody and he says no I'm going to kill everybody and um, I guess it's supposed to end with you kind of punching him and taking control back of the car and it said it crashes into a tree or something I don't know how far what do you remember about how far the shooting actually went with that scene?
0: I don't remember the scene. You know, I, no, really, I, I don't. I don't remember any of that. Um, yeah, I don't know if they maybe cut it before we shot it. It might have been. Um, but then I don't remember yesterday either. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I forget a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. You know, things run together, you know, and uh, so maybe. But I don't remember. Uh, I, I would have remembered punching him. Figured it was uh, a long time ago. You know, yeah, it was a while back. Uh I was arguing with somebody about a movie. He says, I saw you in this movie. I said, no, it wasn't me. He said, yeah, no, it was you. And I said, no, it wasn't me. He said, yeah, you know. And then it was that part where you kind of came down. I said, no, it wasn't me. And he said, And you were climbing these stairs. And then I got a flash of climbing stairs. And I thought, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I did do that. It wasn't me. So, so it, it, it might have been, but I don't, I don't remember. not remember. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I wish I, you That's
6: know. all right. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, you know, we kind of dig deeper to find. Of all that kind Yeah, of stuff,
0: so. and sometimes forgetting is deliberate. Yeah. you know, a lot of stuff I'd rather not remember. You know, saving grace. You know, all right. thanks, Sam.
3: Thanks. Hi,
2: Rob, and hi, Ernie. Thanks hi. so much for coming. Hello, and um, Ernie, I have a question touching back on something Bo said earlier about the crowd reaction to you coming in at, when we're watching the film, and I got to thinking maybe. Do you think that because you didn't have, because they cut that part out about your right. backstory with the military history and everything, you know, you joined these three guys that were like doctorates and parapsychologists, but you were just a regular guy off the street as far right. as what it showed on the screen. Right. Do you think that maybe you represent all of us that aren't doctorates and that that might be why you're so well-beloved? Because, you know,
3: we could do it too.
0: Well, I think if I had been the, um, the Air Force colonel, I would have been loved anyway. <laughs> well, you
3: would have been loved anyway. But-
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, but, uh, but it's, it's a nice thought. I, it's, it's Yeah, that's... Um, but
3: you,
2: you're kind of surrogate and represent all of us normal well, it's, a Yeah,
0: people. it's a nice thought. I, I, like, I like the idea of that, you know. And uh, apparently, because that's the way it, it was and is, so <laughs> that is obviously the way it was meant to be.
3: You can use that.
0: Yeah, yeah, go with that. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, could go that better, reaction, you know.
2: could the reaction also be how much you've touched your fans, though, too? I mean, I... I yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean, see. I
0: hug them and when they, they come up and they do they, I've done a lot of touching. Uh,
2: <laughs> but you're so wonderful and accessible and, and, and just so gracious. I think part of that reaction might be because a lot of people have met you and respect you and, and love you.
0: Well, I've seen Bill Murray on the street, okay? You know, I mean, people, uh, in a. People would be in cars and stop their car in the middle of the street when they see Bill Murray and run across. They don't even bother putting it in park. You know what I mean? It's like it's uh, right. the, the response has been incredible. And Bill, when he meets uh, stand up, maybe show you. This, uh, this is Bill Murray typical meeting a woman on the street. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 You know, and I used to watch that thing, man. They would put me in jail. Okay. I, mean, you know, like.
2: I have to tell you a story. Um, the night that he came to ILM and he, he, and he brought music and a DJ, um, he zerbered my stomach. He, yeah, he lifted up my shirt and went... <laughs> he, I think yeah. he was flirting maybe a little bit. I don't know.
6: Uh,
0: I'd say so. I maybe? I, yeah, he, uh, I he just has, um, you know, but um, he has a way with women, and they giggle. You know,
2: he's a charmer. He's a charmer.
0: And, and uh, actors have different things. Nick Nolte. He would. Uh, uh, I did a movie with him in North Carolina 30 years ago. And what I remember about Nick is when people would come up and they would say, "Can I have an autograph?" Women, not guys. And he would go, "Yeah, you know, but I, uh, I got to feel your breasts." You know? And they go, "What? Oh, I got to feel your breasts." So he they oh, uh okay they turn to the attorney husband is, is it okay, dear? And he go yeah. and I go, I guess you know and they go, ah yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh so everybody's a little different. But um I have no idea what you asked me to begin with.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but That's
2: okay. It was a great Okay, demo. as long as we got to
0: <laughs> yeah. it, uh yeah. Well thanks. Sure. Thank you.
4: This should be good. This is going
7: to be awesome. My question is to Mrs. Uh, Shelby. Mm-hmm. Were you ever offered any roles for any of the animated series from the real Ghostbusters or the extreme Ghostbusters? No.
2: No. Hmm. Not at all. Unfortunately, I mean, my God, that would have been great, but no.
0: And neither was I, by the way, yeah. which sucked. Uh, may I ask that
7: question before? Uh, um, I don't know if they would have had any type of homage, really, for the show, for some of the actors, including some of the uh, actors and portrayers and not and Not for some of the characters from the show, from the TV series.
0: <laughs> um, sorry, you you it?
3: I'm,
2: I'm I
7: mean, sorry, can you repeat? I mean, they've done, like, some homages for the actors that played in the movies. They've done it in the animated series, but they never... Done any of that for the extreme, including like for YouTube? Yeah, well, no.
0: Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, uh, they they wouldn't do an anime. So I can't imagine. But they made a little more money than I did. So uh, <laughs> so that's uh, yeah no. So none of us did. But it would have been nice to have been offered the part. They kind of did, mm-hmm. but they just uh, moved on very quickly, which is which is we won't talk about that.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you,
1: Kyle
6: have to readjust this, get a little bit
1: higher there. <laughs> uh, my question's for both of you. Have you ever, on set, had issues with the props uh, breaking or malfunctioning in any way uh, with either the packs or the suit or traps or anything?
2: The only prop that I actually used while I was shooting was a Togo sandwich <laughs> that ended up on my face. I was inside the costume, right? And Slimer had to eat. Where do you think it goes? Yep. Right on my face. So I smelled like onions for like two weeks. <laughs> Uh, and there th- there was no problem that that 's the only prop I think I actually had, even driving the bus i didn 't i wasn 't handling a wheel
0: yeah it was yeah. all yeah 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 no pro- the prop departments are usually pretty good i mean i 've had a lot of bad problems i mean props aren 't necessarily meant to work like they you know you know it 's a prop, and you know that um you know it 's going to be uh but, but generally speaking of things are, are pretty good sometimes things are a little flimsy. You know, the biggest problem I have with props is how they want you to hold a thing so that it can be seen. So, you know, if you got this, they want you to hold it like this so the camera, you know, it's something very awkward and, and uncomfortable. But, um, you know, the backpacks in Ghostbusters was way too heavy to sort of jump around and wear. Um, but, you know, it's minus stuff. Everything, yeah. it was. Uh, and in Ghostbusters, had some great props. Some really, really cool props, you know. Uh, the props in uh, The Crow, um, they were very casual about it, which may have explained the accident that happened, you know. Uh, it was a different time. But generally speaking, uh, you no, know, props are, prop departments are really pretty, especially with studio movies. They're pretty good.
1: Thank you. Thank you, know. you. And Guys, we've only got time for just a couple more questions, but we're going to go ahead, and, and everybody who's in line is going to go ahead and get a comic. And also, uh, we. Before we get to the last two, uh, we are four shy from 1,000 likes, but we're going to go ahead and give away the PK meter anyway because we love you guys. Oh, it's very cool. So um, I want uh, parents, you have your kids seen, I'm looking specifically back here, Second, yes, you, ma'am. Yes. Have your kids seen Ghostbusters at all? They have? They like it? Well, you know what? We've got to raise a new generation of, of Ghostbusters fans, so... Uh, We're going to give you and your kids a PKE meter. Great, very cool.
5: (laughs) Okay, last couple of questions. Okay, Um, the question's kind of playing off the questions she asked earlier about how you got the huge fan reaction, and everybody loves to see you, and you know, one of the big pops. And do you feel like, kind of like she said how, because, the character you play is sort of an everyman, and everybody can really relate to you a lot, uh, a lot easier than they can kind of be the eccentric, you know, the other three. They're really eccentric and kind of weird, and uh, you're, you're more relatable. And, and how much of that is your own personality coming through, and do you think that affected other roles you got down the line? Like, do they kind of typecast you as the relatable everyman, if that makes sense, you know, the, the solid, you know, steady well, guy?
0: Well, I think it's very, it's very, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but it's very hard to see yourself. Yeah. So I have no idea what you guys see. I mean, I have an idea of myself, um, and uh, but I don't know how. You know, I mean, it's I I I don't know. I, you know, it, it's uh, characters are easy to play because they're written down. You know, there's a backstory. If they don't have a backstory, you can write a backstory. But personally, I don't know if I'm really weird. If I'm really, you know, you never get quite the response you want. Otherwise, you know. Uh, beautiful woman would scream every time I walked into a room. So apparently I'm not as... uh, I had an instructor who once told me, an acting instructor said, you know, you really work hard on your craft because you'll never get a job because you're so good looking or because you're so funny. You know, you you better work on your craft. It's very hard to see yourself, you know? And maybe that's a good thing because, you know, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Uh, So... Uh, yeah, but I think we do, every character does bring a part of who you are. You know, you, you, you I think it's there. You know, you put it there, so. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Jason.
4: Hi. Uh, my question is primarily for Ernie. And I'm sorry I'm the last person because it's a very downer of a question, but uh, Robin, I think there is video of the day Bill Murray came to ILM online somewhere. I think it's on William Forch's Facebook there page.
2: There is. I'm not the Zerbert part,
4: yeah, but okay, yeah. That, that's right yeah. there. Okay.
2: Yeah. He, he's actually trying to, he, he's trying to lift me up. I don't know why.
3: Oh, it's okay. it, I'll
2: show you if you haven't seen it oh, yeah. but um but he, he, I think he, he sees a, a anyone in a skirt and he flirts I think he's just he's yeah, yeah he's a charmer he's, he's a
4: ladies man well, Ernie um I have a son who has cerebral palsy and uh, your performance in the hand that rocks the cradle is so real could you tell me about your research and, and your dedication to to giving that character life
0: you know, when I read this script, uh, uh, The Hand Rocks the Cradle, it was written for an Irish. The character was Irish, freckled, about 5'8, and it was not me, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I tried to get my agents to give me an interview, and they couldn't, the, the studios refused to see me. It took place in Georgia, I think it was. And, um, but somehow, finally, I was just so determined that I wanted to play that role. And there's something about the character that really reminded me of the better part of who I am. You know, we all have this better part, you know, some part of us that's genuine. And um, and so uh, I just, and and then I got a call when I would kind of given up that they they had given me an interview. And I went into the interview and um, uh, impressed Curtis Hanson, who directed it. And he wanted me, but the studio, which was Disney, did not want me. Um, and so Curtis wanted me to come back and, but he sent me a, a tape of all the auditions they had had up until that point. And, and it was, and they had brought in a lot of people who were mentally disabled, uh, to come in and, and you saw the, was much been about 30 guys and they'd come in and they'd read and they'd say, thank you. And the next guy would come in. And then the last one on it was a guy that came in who was mentally disabled, but he read so good. He was so good. And he, you could hear the buzz. They was so excited. And they said, Oh, wow, just thank you, Billy. It's very, very good. Could you read again? He read it again. It was great. And he said, Oh, wow. And they said, Yeah, no, he's really good. We hear him in the background talking. So they said, Now, Billy, would you stand up and, and, uh, and, and, and do it again? And he said, No. And they said, No, no we just want you to stand up. He said, no. Wow. So then the tape cut. <laughs> and then they brought me in. Because I think you realize that there's a certain thing that actors do that it's very hard to kind of... But I, I felt a, a responsibility to the people. Uh, in researching it, I went to a number of the uh, service organizations that, that service milling Disabled. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to one... There's a In Riverside, they have a dance every Friday night. And when I went there, I, I walked in and everybody... It seemed like in the room came up and hugged me. And I thought, oh, they know I'm a Ghostbuster, you know? And then I realized they hugged everybody. And now you it had nothing to do with me being a Ghostbuster. There was something very, um, just very innocent. And, uh, and so I wanted to play the part and I wanted to hopefully get it right. Um, and nothing came out of it in terms of any awards or anything like that. But it was really important for me. Um, it was really important for me to, to not...
4: I, I don't think I grasped know. the first time I saw it, the power of it, but then raising a child, and the moment when you get slapped and the tears come to your eyes, absolutely pitch perfect.
0: Oh, perfect. thanks, thanks. You know, we as a society, uh, when I did that movie, it was a couple of things that really surprised me. There were, I had friends who I'd known for years who had children who they had put away in homes and never spoke up. I mean, one friend who was a good friend, he had a son who had been in a home for like 14 years. And he didn't, I didn't even know this kid existed. So, and I think we've become a little bit more aware and we've stopped doing that. But, you know, they would. Uh, I remember as a kid, there was a, a little boy who didn't go to regular school, but they kept him locked in the house. And every once in a while he would get out and he'd run through the neighborhood. And all the kids were afraid of him because he was so, you know, he would... But it used to be we used to be so afraid of of, of, <laughs> of, of loving and caring for our own, and I think I think maybe the movie helped a little bit. other things have helped. we've grown up a little bit, but um, but yeah, so so hopefully things are a little bit better now, you know but but thank you. Thank you
1: thank you. Thank you Thank you, Alex Well guys, that's uh.
0: We thank you all
1: very much for coming. It's a packed house in here. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, to Listen to the podcast. We'll have it up hopefully sometime soon after um, uh, APF. it will be on our website, alabamagb.com, and it'll be on the front page there, and you can be able to click and listen to it if you want to hear it again. But, again, thank you all so much for coming. Uh, Ernie, Robin, do you mind staying for a quick group photo with the Ghostbusters? Absolutely. Sure. All right. So all the, all the Ghostbusters in here, uh, if you will, just come down here to the front as soon as we say goodbye. And, and we'll take a group photo with them. But many, many thanks again to, to Mr. Ernie Hudson. And thank you, guys. This Robin Shelby. Thank you. And thank you all so much for joining us here at uh, Mass Hysteria. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining the Alabama Ghostbusters. For our community and charity events calendar, visit alabamagb.com.